This week's podcast brought to you by Road Grip. This week our youngest was enjoying an English muffin when she had a sudden epiphany. She said, English muffins aren't muffins. Then after a pause and looking somewhat disillusioned, she said, are they even English? Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I'm going to spring this idea on you, Cole. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. What if we make this podcast, just change it to a like an hour-long slice of AM radio, circa 1978, every week? Oh, not just this week, but every week? No, every week, or just this week. And who who chooses the records? Who chooses the records? Would it be, uh, like, would would the, it be music played on AM? It would be like... What would it, what yeah, would it be? Uh, what, what AM programming would it be this next quintet comes to us from woodstock new york they're the band orleans and this is dance with me dance with me i want to be a partner can't you see is that your casey Kasem or who is that from pearl harbor to boston harbor we're counting down the 40 biggest hits the week of February 22nd, 2021. American Top 40. You, you started last week's podcast by talking about, like, is it the least, worst week of the year? I, 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 that was premature. <laughs> I think it was. It got worse. This week has been just, it's, we're still in the doldrums. We're still stuck in the, in the dark, cruddy. It's been really cold. The weather's bad. At least we have power. We're not. We're not in Austin, Texas. If, we have power and we have heat and it, all of that. But it's just been. Meh. If this is the 1970s AM radio station that I want it to be, you you can read the weather and talk about the weather. You just have to do it differently, and you have to have a weather name. Here in Connecticut, we have Joe Fury. Yeah, that's a real. That's a real weatherman. Right. In in New York, we had Storm Field. So give me a weather name. This is this is where well, your brain comes in most handy. You'll have to come up with that. When I was a kid in Minnesota, we had Barry Zavan, the weatherman. My first name's going to be Tropical. Tropical. Yes. Tro- tropical Storm. Could be uh, that. That would be a that would be a good weather woman's name, wouldn't it? It would be. It's yours now, and I, and I have to come up with a uh, with a with a, a DJ name of my own. But uh, for now talking about the weather i said last week maybe that's the worst week of the year this week was this week was worse and again as you say we're not in texas we're not in uh, we have power but uh frank sinatra at the sands live at the sands 1966 when he sings come fly with me there's a line in there that he improvises you know he throws in his little frank improvises uh weather wise it's such a cuckoo day and that's what it's been like every day. Weather-wise, it's been a cuckoo day. Yesterday, yes. started snowing heavily out of the blue at school pickup time, and I was in our minivan and just it's going about eight miles an hour, and the and the van just just like a old roller skate, just 
slid past our street, uh, nearly taking out the stop sign as it did. It, it, the minivan doesn't have any traction in the snow, but it's... Uh, we haven't gotten yet the um, snow tires. We just have the all-weather tires on the minivan. All-season tires. All-season tires, right. All-season um, tires if you live in Southern California. If you live right. anywhere with the changing of the seasons, it's a one-season tire. Yeah, I was... Um, before the weather got bad, I had to go into Bristol because I had a couple games to do yesterday. And in between my games, I FaceTimed our youngest daughter. And she just said, like, very matter-of-factly, she said, oh, yeah, when Dad tried to turn into the street, the car just slid right past the street. So we turned around in the, the other neighborhood. And now it's just like, she's saying this matter-of-factly. When Dad tried to turn into the street, the minivan just slid right past. That's what she told you that she did. She dimed me out. Yeah, no, but no, she was like, saying like, like, like uh, she just said, you know, is the, be careful when you drive home tonight. And uh, and then she told me that story. But she, it was like it had no impact on her what, what whatsoever. That's just what cars do in February in Connecticut. They slide past the, the, the interesting the thing road. about our minivan is it has a button that says snow, and you, when you press it. A little display lights up that says snow, and, and, and little snowflakes fall on the screen. It does, does absolutely nothing. nothing. It's not connected to anything. It's like the crosswalk pedestrian buttons maybe. at intersections. It's it's hooked up to nothing. It's like you know what it's like. Maybe it's, maybe the whole point of it is just like you know the entertainment system that's in the car. You know, you change the channel, you turn on XM or AM or FM. Maybe the snow just makes this the the snow like come down the screen. It's like. A year and a half ago, whenever it was in the fall, when I went to, uh, when I when I had to fly to Minneapolis and my 10 a.m. flight ended up leaving at like 6 p.m. and the airport brought in all the all the Domino's pizzas for the disgruntled passengers, and at some point I went to the men's room. It was closed. I had to go down the terminal to the other men's room, which right. was open. Long line, and when we came out, there was a little thing that said, "How am I doing?" Rate the uh, convenience of this bathroom, it's and like there the was a smiley, smiley face. face yeah. A a neutral face and a frowny red face, and the guy leaving in front of me poked the the unhappy face uh, emoji to rate the bathroom, and then he took a step, and then he went back and poked it again really angrily. That button wasn't hooked up to anything, no. and neither is the snow button in the Honda Odyssey. Well, and, and this is the thing, too, with those rate me buttons. Like, I had a dentist appointment last week. Before I got home and got back on my email, there was a form for me to fill out um, evaluating my experience at the dentist. I just deleted it. I'm not going to waste time with that. Where is that form when you actually want to evaluate the experience? Or, you know, like when, when something has gone wrong and you just want to tell somebody, the form's not there. It's only there when you have when it's just a waste of time. Like I've I've just spent an hour at the dentist. I'm not going to give you more of my time by rating my experience. Or when you spend three hours at the car dealership and they say, you know, please rate your experience here. If you give us anything less than ten out of ten, you know, I'm going to get fired. So please give us ten right. ten out of ten. Right. So I, I invariably do. The um, <laughs> yesterday one of the the things I was doing was a G League game that we call out of the studios in Bristol and one of the the people I work with the play-by-play -play guy um is just doing a ton of games like this is this is his thing and um there is 25 um days in the G League season they're in a bubble in Orlando and he is doing in 25 days 28 games because there's multiple multiple days where he's doing double headers and these are on TV um, or are on, you know, ESPN Plus or whatever. So some of his games, um, he has an analyst, and that's what I was yesterday. But some of his games, it's just him calling the game without an analyst. 
And he was telling me that one of the games at some point where that was on television and he was supposed to have an analyst and everybody's um, doing, you know, I, I go into the Bristol studio, but everybody else is doing these from their kits in their home. He said, the analyst just didn't show up that day. <laughs> so he he's there the, the, uh, on his home kit. There's a producer there. And they said, you know, the producer can turn on the camera on your home kit. They turned on the camera and the audio. They couldn't see anything, but they did like hear an alarm going off. So they didn't know if this person had set an alarm, slept through the alarm, what the deal was. <laughs> but to make things even better, David was at his home calling the game in the middle with no analyst in the middle. This is on television in the middle of the third quarter, the middle of the third quarter, his Internet goes out. And of course, everything is through his internet, like his camera, his audio, everything. So he said, what are you going to do? He got up, he went over, like unplugged his internet, reset his internet. Like four minutes later, he was back up and running. But for four minutes of a game, I don't know if it was on NBA TV or where, but for four minutes of a game, the only sound you had was the natural sound of the squeak, the, the sneaker squeaking, the ball being dribbled. And, you know, in these bubble environments, you can also hear the guys talking a lot. But I was, I was dying. Like, okay, so your analyst doesn't show up <laughs> and you lose internet for four, four minutes. That's what um, the, the, television the, is now. The stress, the panic, the sheer terror of, of that had to be well that's what i said to him i said i said how do you handle like stressful situations like this did you just did you start freaking out and trying to fix things or, you know, or did you he's like nope i just got up i went over unplugged my internet reset it figured that had to be the problem and fortunately it came back up he's a pretty mild-mannered guy but i was just like this is television in uh, 2021 that reminds me of uh, our friend and former uh, f- our friend and podcast guest Sam Farmer wrote a story this weekend about a PGA rules official who's retiring after 40 years, and he beautifully described his own job uh, as he likened it to being an airline pilot. He said, it's hours of boredom and moments of terror. And I imagine that's what (laughs) broadcasting games from home is like. well, I don't, I don't know about the hours of boredom, although maybe sometimes as you're just like filling out the, your stat boards well, and that well, sort of no, thing. Well, no, I mean, but, being an airline pilot wouldn't be, wouldn't be boring either in that, in that regard. But hours but of routine, of terror, sure. hours of routine professionalism and moments of, of sheer terror. As when you discover your, your chihuahua chewing through your cable and, and, and you're no longer broadcasting the game. Yeah. Usually when the viewer... When the cable goes out, it's, the viewer can't see the game. It's when when the broadcaster's cable goes out, and you can still see it. You've got COVID problems. Well, the the an interesting thing too, and and this was the way it was in the WNBA bubble as well. But in the in the bubble, and with the audio that we have set up, you know, we, we can hear the guys communicating, which is great. Like that's part of it that I love. Um, the the one G League team is called G League Ignite. It has five guys on it who are in high school a year ago. Who are um, this is their as the the wording they use they the league uses is their alternate <clears throat> excuse me their alternate path to the NBA. So instead of going to college for a year and being a one and done or going overseas, they're they're playing for this G League team and getting paid a pretty good amount to do that. Um, so you have five of those guys, and then they've surrounded them. By a bunch of veterans, you know, guys who to teach them the ropes, basically, because you've got these um, 18 and 19 year old kids. 
Anyway, um, and so there's one particular player, one of these veterans, this guy's name is Jarrett Jack. He's played a lot of years in the NBA, including most recently, I think it was most recently with the Brooklyn Nets. But he talks all the time, and, it, and it's it would be great to have kids like watch because when I'm coaching, one of the things I have to encourage them to do, you guys have to talk so much more on defense. And this guy is like directing traffic, constantly talking. And so it's a fun thing to listen to during these telecasts. But of course, you don't just pick up that. You pick up everything that they say. And so, so many times, you know, a guy dunks, he thinks he gets fouled, whatever it is. And there's just expletives flying over the airwaves. And like when we're on, a- when we have games on ABC, which we do during the WNBA season, like there is still a person, like it's a five second delay. There is a person who mutes that curse that goes out over the airwaves. But when we're doing games on ESPN2, I don't think there is. So I think. <laughs> All of the cursing that is happening, and it's uh, pretty consistent. And it's sometimes at 11 a.m. Eastern time. <laughs> oh, they, we 8 a.m. Pacific time. Most of the games are 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can imagine the number of mothers getting their kids ready for, for preschool who are watching the G League <laughs> right. on the West Coast right. at that time. But um, but anyway, it's just funny to me because, um, like in our last game, David mentioned, you know, so- something was said on the court, and, and he mentioned it right away, and it was immediately followed up, or maybe a few seconds later, followed up with just like an F-bomb or something. And I just said... You're not going to talk about what was just said there, though? <laughs> and we just laugh about it because, of course, everyone can hear it. And uh, I guess you just either pretend that nobody heard it or you don't pretend. And, well, um, do you remember as a kid how incredibly taboo it was to hear every once in a while a curse word on TV or the radio? And, and to get back to our... Or our, even in public, or, like well, a well, person. Of course, that. But yeah. I, I'm talking about like if if you were just listening to, and this this being a, a, a 70s AM radio station. Let's let's get back to our our uh, our charter here. Uh, Steve Miller Band, big old jet airliner. You know, any of that funky kicks going down in the city, but it was really funky s going down right. in the city. Well, or even do you but, remember? But he didn't know which version you were going to hear. Pink Floyd, Money. Do you remember the album we had was the Grease soundtrack? Oh, of course. And there's that one, um, the one curse in that, and you're waiting because, and, and you're horrified, like if that if if a parent was in the room, that they would then that hear it. That was the thing yeah. that, that you that you had to hear it together without right. anybody acknowledging what you've just heard, right? For fear of calling attention to it, it's it's the analogy that I think I use every week on this podcast of spitting the fleck of salad across right. the table onto somebody's nose. Not every week, but you did use it last week. Yeah, I did use it last week. Well, instead of like pretending you don't hear something, (laughs) something happened yesterday. And I I at one point thought maybe I was having an out-of-body experience, but I was getting ready to leave to work. I know what you're going to say. And I started talking to you. Um, you, I think you were practicing the piano and you, playing and you, piano. you stopped playing. And so I started talking to you about something and you just started playing the piano again I, I as stopped, if, as I if it playing. was like my, my exit music. So you just started playing the piano again. I was again. playing you off. Like it was you the Oscar were, speech. You were, I was trying to you tell were you leaving. something. You were, you were about to go I to work. I was leaving and I was telling you what we had, um, what I had ready for dinner for that night. If you choose, if you chose to heat it up. So I started talking and, but while I was talking, you did, you started playing me off and then you, you, this is something that you kind of do regularly now. Like after you've interrupted or started playing me off, when you're then ready to listen, then you go, uh-huh, or mm-hmm, like, okay, you can talk now. And I was just like, while you're still playing the piano, I start talking, you start playing the piano, and while still playing the piano, at some point, 
you say, uh-huh, like, all right, I, I'm, I'm willing to listen now. May it I? was unbelievable. May I reframe this in reality or from my perspective? I, I would you, like you to can, hear from your perspective. You, that was reality. You conceded. You just conceded that I was playing the piano and you start, started talking. So No, you so stopped. Somehow, I waited somehow, for you to stop I and then I started stop. talking. I, the, the, yes. You, the you music t- is- Maybe it was a, maybe it was a four beat rest, the music but the music stopped. The music includes the space between the notes. Okay. Okay. Anyway, the, let's hear the rest of your. As does our marriage. Our marriage is, is a composition of notes and 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 the long <laughs> silences between those notes. Right. So I was playing the piano. Okay. You started. You were. I was in the, in the kitchen. Room. I couldn't see you. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you then started telling me about what was available for dinner. To my disbelief, I mean, I was I was. I, I had I was to playing. leave. I was telling you this because I it was right. It was time for me to leave. So okay. I that, that's why I had to tell you right then because I was leaving. So, I mean, if 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 Chopin were sitting there at at the, uh, <laughs> so you literally the, played me out because after you started playing and then did the uh huh, I just grabbed my bag and left. <laughs> like I know he'll you figure it out. I know. Speaking <laughs> of the silence between the notes, you, you left. You I didn't say so, goodbye. You didn't say anything. Well, I, I knew. you were playing me out. I was like, if he's playing me out, I should just leave. I shouldn't interrupt him again to say uh, I'm leaving goodbye for you to say uh huh, <laughs> then keep then keep playing. I was playing. That's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I like it by Casey and by Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> it was so unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you. Are you talking about my? My piano playing? No, I'm not. Well, this duo of soft rock titans formed in Los Angeles, a 1971 player with Baby Come Back. Which is what I was saying to you. Right, right. As you were squealing the tires in the driveway. Right. As I was sliding across the ice. Oh, you had my car, which has four wheels. Oh, drive. right. I was just fine. 77 WABC. Well, we have a, a, a Zoom appointment with a high school guidance counselor to talk about college. College yes. applications. I mean, that's that's something that's really happening in our life. I know. So we have to. We have to well, uh, and I'm just going to throw this in there. Our daughter, uh, a week or two ago, was signing up to take an SAT somewhere, and so I was helping her. When did signing up for the SAT become signing up for like a dating app? I wanted to go on, put her name in, pay with my credit card and secure a slot at this school at this time for her to take her test. Instead, like she didn't even fin we didn't even finish because five minutes into it and she's still like filling out a personality profile. I could not and she was annoyed too, but I could not have been more annoyed. It's signing up for an SAT has clearly just become like a data collection thing, so that they can then probably sell your data. But let me just sign my kid up for an SAT. Why does she have to rate how she does from one to ten on all of these different criteria? It was like maddening. for instance, what? What's one of the? I, I can't. I can't even. I can't even remember. But we didn't finish, so we're going to go back in. I'll take a screenshot of some have of the you... questions, and I'll have a much better example. But it was. Infuriating. On a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to use a ShamWow? Was that one of them? <laughs> no, it sh- there should have been one on a scale of one to ten. How likely are you to sign up for the SAT again? And then I do hope after she takes it, we'll get one of those emails saying, you know, how was your sign up experience? Because it'll be the frowny emoji. It already is the frowny emoji. Speaking of SAT, 
This is S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y Night, Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers. Are we really going to do this every week or just today? I, think, I can I can deal with it. I, just I think today. we I think we. Uh, well, I, perhaps I'll start my own. That's pretty good though. Pirate radio, like nineteen seventy five. In in the Twin Cities, there was the True Don Blue. The True Don Blue. Maybe that'll be my. Uh, well, I'll have to come up with an honor. You'll name. come up with something. But anyway, okay, let's get. To I, the, I don't mean to diminish your point about the SAT. It sounds. It it's, sounds it was, horrible. Yes. So anyway, Denny, we're going to. We're going. We're going to uh, open viewers' mail. What ever happened to the curiosity shop? By the way, Denny is no longer curious. It's sliding past our driveway in the minivan. Like Curious George, he's no longer curious. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, shall we? Dear Steve slash Rebecca, writes, uh, writes Tom, parentheses, though I'm seriously considering changing the spelling to T-H-O-M, Thom, right? Mm-hmm. I wrote that on one of our, we have a, we have a Tom, a Thomas. You and, wrote and it I, on his, um, his Valentine's Day candy box. Yeah, to distinguish it from his sisters, I wrote T-H-O-M, period. And they said, what? It's T-O-M. I said, well, some people spell it T-H-O-M, including the great shoe manufacturer, Tom McCann. Did you ever have a pair of Tom McCanns? Of course I did, course. yeah. Why okay. didn't you just put a T? Why? Yeah. If you're just trying to, do, like, they all got the same heart-shaped chocolate boxes. Just You just wanted to put his full name? That's part, that's two, name. two accidental references to a band. Remember we were, we were talking about that yes. with the Rolling Stones? You've now said Heart-Shaped Box, which is a song by Nirvana, and you said Rate Me, which is nearly a song by Nirvana, Okay. Denny knows what I'm talking about. I, even I know what you're talking okay. about. Ready? Let's get to the viewer viewers' mail, shall we? We shall. Big bad hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Dear Steve slash Rebecca writes, Thom, thank you for your weekly contribution to my podcast rotation. Your 21st century version of The Bickersons, old-time radio reference, Never fails to make me chuckle. Steve, last week you failed to mention or play the new song from Tom, Dick, and Harry. How are you coming and securing permission to debut debut this highly anticipated chestnut? Sincerely, Tom, though I'm seriously considering changing spelling to Thom. I'm so glad you asked that, Tom. I, I spoke to my brother, or at least his representatives, this past week, and they were putting one more coat of varnish on the song, one more polish, and then they want to get it posted to iTunes and all the places where you can download a song before we put it on the podcast because you'll be able to hear it then. But he'd also like you to be able to download it individually. I think you will want to, um, but that's coming up perhaps as soon as next week. Oh, exciting. I didn't know we were that close to the finished product. I want to add something on here. Um, you, know, you talked about Thom, the TH. Yes. This morning, our, our 10-year-old um texted you from my phone on our way to school something about Johnny, of course, meaning Johnny Carson. And um, she spelled it J-H-O-N-N-Y. And so I mentioned to her, I said, um, you know, that's not how you spell Johnny. Some do. And um, and I said, it's J-O-H-N-N-Y. And she said, well, I did know that that's how you spelled John, J-O-H-N. And I said, but you know what? The H does, of course, the H could be anywhere because it does nothing as a J-O-H-N. So why not put it as a J-H-N? O N N Y in Johnny. So Johnny anyway, Peralta, the, the J H other. Johnny Peralta, former Major League shortstop, 
That's how he spelled Johnny. J H O N N Y. Yeah, but she was she was writing about Johnny Carson and David Letterman. Yes, our ten year old who was into Johnny Carson and David Letterman through yes. YouTube loves them. Loves them. I mean, go figure. Oh, great! Yes. Dear Hun and Sweetie, feel free to pick whichever sobriquet you prefer. Writes our Cape Cod correspondent, John J O H N. One of your listeners mentioned enjoying the books of William Kent Kruger, and I definitely concur. Ordinary Grace is beautifully written and is one of my favorites from the past few years. I still haven't, uh, I still haven't uh, checked that out. Um, staying with the topic of authors that have books that often take place in Minnesota, I would highly recommend John Sanford. Your dad loves the, uh, the, uh, the crime thrillers of John Sanford, Rebecca. I think he does. He does. He has many of them. Uh, Lucas Davenport and Virgil Flowers are his entertaining protagonists. I've been getting into Ian Rankin, the uh, the uh, Scotland-based uh, crime writer. When I say I've been getting into, I read his his uh, I read one of his recent uh, thrillers, mm-hmm. and and I started the very first one from like the eighties. Nice. Your discussion of recipes utilizing mushroom soup made me laugh out loud. When I finally get around to writing my family cookbook, working title "Cooking with Dog Hair," it will definitely feature recipes with mushroom soup. More than a few years ago, when I was a boy, boy Scout, we used to be responsible for our own dinners cooked on the campfire on Friday nights. My favorite was to bring hamburger meat, powdered potatoes, peas and carrots, and mushroom soup. I'd mix everything together in my pan over the fire, and I have to admit, it looked pretty awful. My fellow Scouts would look at it in disgust, but if they got up the courage to taste it, they were immediately hooked. To be honest, when you're out on a campout, just about anything that's hot is delicious, but I'm still convinced my mixture was inspired. Just I think about it sounds like hot. a shepherd's pie stew, doesn't it? Hamburger meat, right? Potatoes. What else do you have in there? Uh, the soup. Yeah, yeah. He also loved the whole, the whole homemade breadcrumbs discussion. Like you folks, both of our sets of parents were quite frugal, but my mother was certainly in a class by herself. We probably had the cleanest garbage pail in the neighborhood because there was never anything to put in it. Remember, do you ever have to hose out your, your garbage cans? Every my once dad while, my, did my that. Maybe, dad. Make it. maybe my brother did, but it he just didn't make us do it. Unbelievable garbage juice at the bottom of it that you would then. And it was those metal cans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make sound like 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 rain on a tin roof. Yeah. Gosh, our kids don't know the pleasures of that sort of thing. They don't. Uh, finally, regarding the PBJ crust conundrum, I'm sorry, Rebecca, but I'm on Team Steve for this one. Being an engineer, I figure the crust serves as a structural component to help keep the bread together while applying the peanut butter slash jelly to the surface. Truth be told. Cutting off the crust was never an option for our kids. They had to eat the whole sandwich or there would be no dessert or whatever else it was they were looking forward to. Please keep the stories coming. You two are a treat to listen to. I remain your Cape Cod correspondent, John. Thank you, John. J-O-H-N. Roger writes, uh, Hope you both are enjoying the wonderful Connecticut winter, one of the reasons I moved to Colorado, where we at least get to see the sun on a regular basis in February. Well, Roger, if you were listening to the top of the podcast, we aren't enjoying it. Not, Not one bit. No. Although this morning, and this is a thing too, this morning it was sunny, which was lovely. I, I always like when it's sunny and you've got all this fresh snow and it I, it was blinding. You it know? was? It was dri- blinding as I was driving and my windshield is dirty and like and I when, normally embrace everything about a sunny day and then... It, when, when the blinding sun reflects off the white snow onto the grime on your windshield. Yeah, it, it makes it really difficult to see. Nearly I got to clean my and, windshield. And when your wiper blades are, are, are awful. as... as uh, loud as yours are. You yeah, really I need, need to, replace I have those. to replace those. I'm complaining a lot in today's podcast. I'm going to stop. That's fine. Regarding your hilarious recounting of people accidentally calling a colleague hun or other terms of endearment made me remember my perhaps most embarrassing moment, both from a work and marriage standpoint. 
writes Roger. My wife and I were at the airport, leaving on a trip that I think was an anniversary trip, and I was desperately trying to finish fixing a problem a colleague at work was having before getting on the plane. I had been on the phone for perhaps 20 minutes, and the plane was at the very end of the boarding process, so we were rushing when I finally got the all-clear that the problem was resolved. Rapidly walking from the boarding area to the jetway door before they closed it, I ended the phone call, with my wife walking right next to me by telling my coworker, Great, you should be all set. Love you. <laughs> Oops. As I closed my old flip phone and put it in my pocket, I realized what I did about two seconds later and the look my wife gave me was uh, just indescribable. She knew the person on the other end and had a fun time the whole trip asking me if I called T and told her I loved her today. Before bed, when I woke up in the morning, she would not let me live it down. It was even worse when I arrived back at the office to coworkers who ended every conversation for the first day or two with, love you. It seems that T <laughs> it seems that T had shared the whole thing with the entire office and they all were just waiting for me to get back to give my just desserts. My wife still reminds me about it now over 25 years later. Stay warm, stay safe, and the sun will come out tomorrow. Well, maybe March for Connecticut. Roger uh, in Colorado, the sun will come out tomorrow. This Eden. is the soundtrack to <laughs> Annie. No, um uh yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's a heck of a story. Don't you think, Rebecca? Yes. Have you? Uh, it almost sounds like a long distance have you ever dedication. Accidentally Pardon? told a colleague that you loved them or called them sweetie or hun. We didn't really. I didn't really ask you that last accidentally? week. Accidentally. Yes. No. I, yes. I, no. I, not I, on purpose is not funny. I thought. I th- accidentally is funny. I thought you were going to ask if I ever accidentally told a loved one that right, I loved that's them, true. which was sort of my upbringing, as you know. Right. Not. Not that I can think of. No. Um, although, although I, I, I find myself doing it to the kids sometimes. Accidentally no, 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 <laughs> telling no, no. them that you love them. No, but like, like you know, uh, using terms of endearment for our daughters, they're specific to them for like oh, right. a son or something. Right. Sometimes I call them, frequently call them by their siblings' names. Oh, I, this is drives our kids nuts. And um, like, you know, if I'm coaching and and just even in a practice, say I'm coaching our ten year old, and if I instead of just calling her Rose, instead of saying like "Good job, Rose," I use like one of the terms silly of endearment, yes. a silly nickname I use at home, and Must I'm like, love "Oh, that. I've, I've I actually did it once um, to our poor fourteen year old freshman in high school, and uh, I just yelled "Good job," and then I used her nickname at home, and I was just like, "Oh gosh!" Fortunately, she didn't hear, but I've I mean. I'd be horrified as a kid if my, one of my parents had done that to me. So I got to make sure to, to not let those slip out in public. I do the same with uh, by not calling you by your, your weather lady name when we're not... Uh, tropical Storm. Tropical Storm. Yes. Tropical that would have been that would have been a good name as I was leaving yesterday when you were playing me out with the piano music. It would have been. I, that traffic was stormy. It was stormy. <laughs> there was. Hi, Stephen. Rebecca writes John, spelled the conventional way. This is John, and I live in Snellville, Georgia, about 30 minutes from Atlanta. I heard your comment about the lack of snow plows, and it is so true. We get an inch or two of snow, and it shuts down the city. Schools are closed, and we're told to stay in. I grew up in Virginia, and I find it so funny that such a small amount of snow can cripple a big city. Love the podcast, and thanks for keeping it going during COVID-19, the pandemic. Stay safe and look forward to listening more. Thank you, John. Um, I think we're seeing that in the national news this week. The uh, There's a, a photograph or a video of like state line road between Arkansas and Texas and, and, you know, going running east and west and the, the, uh, the, the northern side of that 
east-west thoroughfare was plowed in Arkansas and it wasn't plowed in Texas. Um, it's really some some crazy stuff. But though I have to say, here in the Northeast, in Connecticut, having grown up in Minnesota, I'm surprised how sort of panicky and um, you know batten down the hatches the the local news is when you know a couple of inches of snow is forecast. And I I wonder but not the having lived in Minnesota really like that. And, yeah, and, they, and they still make raids on uh, on grocery stores. That that is true, which is odd. Um, but our state and our town in particular does a phenomenal job clearing the roads so much so that if 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 there's snow already on the road or on the like that's been plowed on the side of the roads and they know another storm's coming, they go by with a plow and they like make space um, for the next time they need to plow. They make make space for for where the snow needs to go, and they must have done that yesterday. Because as we were driving out of the driveway to bring our kids to school, and we saw our mailbox once again in a supine position on now, a snowbank instead uh, of where it's supposed to the, be, the the uh, arm of of <clears throat> pressure treated wood that holds the the mailbox up it's just it's just it's just dismembered, right? Well, well, it's just it's just it's just held in by a, a by a little notch in the in the in the post um, of pressure treated wood. It's not nailed in anymore. And the mailbox itself is held onto that arm by bungee cords, so the whole thing can be knocked over with with a, a heavy sneeze, um, which is the only way to do it now because it's going to get knocked over permanently, or now it gets knocked over temporarily, and I can piece it back together right. and put it back up temporarily. Um, speaking of this kind of thing, Jim, our Canadian resident, resident Canadian, writes, "Hi, Rebecca and Steve. Best of luck on the search for snow tires." He's the one who suggested. I them. remember. To answer your question from the last episode, yes, we do change our tires over every spring and fall. Our son is a car geek, so he's willing to come over and do most of the labor in exchange for a hot meal that he may not be willing to cook himself. Labor with a U, by the way. We change the tires on three cars in a couple of hours, and for that afternoon, I feel like I'm part of an NASCAR pit crew. We used all the season, we used the all-season tires for our first few winters in Ottawa, and we're surprised how much more road grip we had using the snow tires. Well, imagine that. Um, do you think snow tires or, or chained tires would help on the minivan, Rebecca? Well, first of all, let's acknowledge that that's the first time the phrase road grip has been in road a viewer grip. mail it to is. us. Have we ever had somebody I don't talk think about we road have. grip before? No. Um, we, we've, we've talked, I I, I'm we've, sure we've talked about key grips with our Connecticut-based Hollywood correspondent. Yes. Um, maybe. And maybe, would, and maybe even Best Boys and all those other titles you see in the credits to TV shows when you were a kid and you wondered, what is a best boy? What is a key grip? I still don't have any idea. I don't know either. Um, I think it would look much cooler to have chains on the tires of the minivan sure, i don't i don't even know effective. what snow tires look like but if you just saw somebody you know this middle-aged mom driving down the street in her minivan and then you saw the chairs on the chairs the chains on her tires you would think differently about that middle-aged mom wouldn't you <laughs> and it could be a, a brand extension of the podcast maybe the chain part right i gotcha okay Uh, The next email comes in from Alex in St. Paul, uh, and uh, the header is, It's Lobo, hun! Exclamation park. Hello again. I just had to follow up my message from last week because just hours after I listened to the podcast, I was skiing again, this time in Red Lodge, Montana. And what's at the top of the lift? Another Lobo run. Photo attached. Rebecca, this one is indeed double black diamond. Most difficult, they say. And the neighboring one run was full of trees and will again remind Steve of your agrarian log-splitting childhood. Ski resorts sure seem to know you well. Uh, also, your your use last week of Hun seems very Baltimore. I understand they use that term a lot and even have a Hun Fest to celebrate it. Maybe one of your Balmer viewers can verify that. And indeed, he, listed, he, he links to uh, Hun Fest, H-O-N, 
F-E-S-T, in Baltimore. So, uh, Rebecca. Maybe I can attend this year. It'll be, I would imagine it'll be a virtual Hun Fest. And here, here is Alex, who, who uh, claims to be from St. Paul, but he seems, to, he seems really to be a, a devoted ski bum in, yeah. the, in the American West on another Lobo Run Black Diamond. Double black diamond. You got to send me those so I can post I them. And I still have to post. I can't believe I haven't yet reposted our Restiva name tag from Stop and Shop. I've got to do that. Oh, nor have you even. You went to Stop and Shop this morning. Did you wear it? No. We decided that that wouldn't be good. I haven't earned it. You could be right. It was a gift, but, right. but we, we, we haven't right. earned the right to wear it to the store. Uh, this comes from Myra, our BNC librarian, and as she describes herself, and apparently the only person on earth who leaves crust on bread. It's especially good when toasted. I, I leave the crusts on the bread. So do I. I like crust. Uh, Myra writes, hi, Rebecca and Steve. Even though my knowledge of how a car works consists of pressing the start button, putting it in drive, and stepping on the gas, as a native of very snowy, very hilly Duluth, I think I'm qualified to contribute to the winter tires discussion. On snow for all... On snow for all-wheel drive vehicles, all-season tires generally provide decent traction, though now those snow tires definitely add extra security. I think what she means there is road grip. Yes. And that would describe my car, what she's just described. Uh, on, snow for all, on snow for front-wheel drive vehicles, the extra grip with snow tires makes a huge difference, and they are far better than all-season tires. Uh, on ice, nothing really helps. Ice is slippery. <laughs> <laughs> which you learned yesterday. I mean, I think that's. Uh, I think that's. Yes, the minivan is fr- front wheel drive, right? That's Not why we. That's drive, why we so have. That's why that's, we have a resident librarian. Right. We need the. Uh, we just need the. We not only need the snow tires, we need um, the Canadian sun to come. Yeah, down we do and well, for sure. For and yes, writes Myra. As mentioned last week, it's a good idea for snow tires to be on their own rims. It makes seasonal changing easier. So even if your service station char- charges you, it will likely be. Fairly nominal. Fairly nominal. Maybe that'll be my weather name. That's a good one. Fair to partly nominal. Finally, he's licensed to kill but does the opposite. Our double OBGYN, Dr. Gary Siegel. Dr. Siegel writes, Dear Rebecca and Steve, I hope this note finds you well. I didn't get to the podcast until the weekend, and I was honored and humbled by Steve's introduction during the walk-up music. Kudos to Denny as well, but I remain your humble servant despite the fuss. I'm afraid Rebecca has left me shaking my head just a bit. Fruit and ice cream? It's no wonder the children didn't like it. Didn't you just didn't yeah, you just there was, there was dump the, the dregs of it down the drain? A quarter of the container was left this morning, and I just dumped it. No one's going to eat that mess. While some of us in Georgia may like peach ice cream with real peaches in it, fruited ice cream is much better when appropriately topped with Hershey's syrup. Fruited ice cream. Fruited ice cream. That's like above the fruited plane, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. We've got road grip and fruited <laughs> ice cream, right? Yes. Um, let's not go back into the discussion of syrups as we never really defined what breakfast syrup was many podcasts ago. Another head shaker was the concept of winter tires on different rims. While I have never lived anywhere that called for such a setup, I was aware of the fact that some people did indeed have two sets of tires for each car. The kind viewer in Canada educated us all. Please realize that in the South where Coach Landers and I live, it takes about a half inch of snow slash ice slash frozen precipitation to paralyze the city. Close the schools and empty the markets. Also, don't forget that Atlanta and nearby cities had Snowmageddon 2014 in January of that year, during which my wife and I drove home from work together over a short nine hours, parking on an uphill curve within walking distance of our house. Mrs. Dr. Siegel's cast iron bladder lasted the whole way. Alas, I stopped in a friendly restaurant halfway home. As Coach Landers pointed out, we don't have too many snow plows or people with plows on their pickup trucks. Only an OBGYN could affectionately talk about his wife's cast iron bladder. 
Like, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's it's a, one of the questions they always ask, like whether you're pregnant or after you've had kids and you go in for your yearly appointment, like how's your bladder? So he knows that hers is cast iron. <laughs> Lastly, while attending a pregnant woman in rural Georgia for an outpatient visit this past weekend, her grandmother, who accompanied her, softly produced a bit of Southern wisdom with which to end the show. Quote, it don't cost a thing to be nice to people. All the best. Gary, which rhymes with Tom, Dick, and Harry, who I think, on that note, should. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane